Welcome to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Over the next hour, you are going to go through a journey of transformation and self-realization. Now, here is Lena. Hi, I'm Lena Franklin, modern medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist, and founder of the East Institute. Welcome to Medicine Wisdom, a radio talk show that'll teach you that to journey inward is your highest calling, that you have the power to heal yourself. And truly your power and your purpose exist within your medicine. Your medicine is the gift your soul came here to share with the world. Medicine Wisdom is about alchemizing the false to excavate the true. And this is the true authentic you, beyond fear, beyond doubt, beyond stress, beyond all that holds you back from living a life of alignment with your soul, the life of your wildest dreams. Medicine wisdom will include all sorts of world-renowned guests from different industries, including spiritual leaders, thought leaders, astrologists, doctors, and leaders in the business space. But today I am so honored and so excited to be delving into my personal story with you. You know, it's interesting because I sit with where I am in this moment in my journey. And my journey has really been this looking at the self in a really courageous way to truly see where there have been moments of self-betrayal, moments of pain, suffering, moments of lessons that needed to be alchemized to be transmuted in order for me to step fully into my power. And so as you sit here uh, with me and we connect in this moment, I really invite you to drop in to your own story, your own lessons, your own moments of perhaps challenge, because these are all moments that are medicine. Medicine, when I use the word medicine, it's about your purpose and why you're here and why you're here on this planet and the gifts that you're meant to share with the world. So today I'm going to be sharing my story, which is a story of deconstruction to embodied liberation. And we all have this capacity within us to embody a life that is beyond even what we can cognitively see as possible, a life full of joy, meaning, purpose, abundance, love. So let's journey back. Let's journey back into the the foundation and really the origin of where my journey started. And I interesting because I actually connected uh, with my dad this weekend and a lot of like ancestral um, healing and remembrances retracing happen. And so it's a really beautiful time to, to sit with my own story and share it with you. So I grew up in Northern Virginia in a Buddhist Christian home and a big part of my upbringing was being in this hybrid spiritual household. And so I have a lot of memories of going to church with my dad, our Presbyterian church in Leesburg, Virginia. 
and also going to temple with my mom where we would chant with the monks and eat vegetarian food and pray and light incense and honor our ancestors. And in many ways, it was a beautiful way to be introduced to spiritual practice. There was a lot of acceptance and compassion in the way that my mom and dad raised me. And also because the truth of our existence is like nothing is all good or all bad, right? So, yeah, it was really interesting because I, you know, I had this rich spiritual upbringing. My mom taught me meditation as a young child, and she really planted those spiritual seeds of compassion, of spiritual practice, of really connecting with the ancestors. But also, again, because nothing is all good or all bad. We live in this really non-dualistic existence where there's shadow and there's light. And part of the shadow aspects of her included the fact that she had traumatic childhood in many ways. And also she experienced aspects of the Vietnam War that caused her to have PTSD. And even you know, I, I think back these these moments or episodes of paranoia that really conditioned the belief within me that the world is not safe. So it was really interesting to be, you know, such a close, um, in close relationship with her as she really navigated life here in the U.S. in the West and attempted to make her way. And so, you know, that was, that was a big part of like my navigation of childhood was attempting to feel safe, attempting to soothe my mom who oftentimes felt misplaced and, and truly out of place when she was in Western society or in different communities where she felt like the other. And so the sense of the other I feel was such a common denominator between what my mom experienced and what I experienced um, throughout my journey, my life. And my sweet father, who is a psychologist, so he really connected me with that interest in the mental health space. He, as a compassionate soul that he is, did his best to make us feel as safe as possible. And he, you know, was that, was that masculine energy in the house. But the truth was, you know, we're all on our own journey, both together, you know, individually, but also together. So we're co-creating this experience and kind of fast forward, you know, the spiritual seeds were planted within me. I was a very sensitive child and that sensitivity felt very shameful. And so I hid those parts of myself through perfectionism, through striving, through achievement, because again, my mom, survival oriented, she instilled within me also the belief, the belief that the world is not safe, but also that if you work hard and you achieve highly in every area, then you're good. 
at your core, you're good. And you're also like really worthy of love and connection. And so, you know, I wanted to be the best at everything, that high achiever. And so there was so much externalization of my inner self-worth that happened throughout my, my life. And as we fast forward and, and I look into those other chapters, you know, a lot of my childhood and early adulthood was focused on playing high-level soccer. And it was so much fun in so many ways, travel soccer, traveling around the world, traveling around the country. And I really look back, I'm like, wow, my parents were so dedicated to supporting that part of my life. And, and also, you know, there's, it was always about fast movement, achievement, competition, determination, which in some respects, some of those lessons were really helpful in others. It really perpetuated the perfectionism that I already carried within myself. And, um, I see now that ancestral line of survival ran through me, landed with, within me and continued to run through me in such a pervasive way. So really focused on the physical, really focused on the physical in, in those parts of my life. And then as I continued on, I began to realize that people would come to me, you know, my classmates in high school, in college to talk and to process, you know, their relationship issues or anxiety, the depression they felt, um, you know, whatever ailment, whatever was bothering them, they just naturally gravitated towards me. And that's when I began to see and witness my essence as a healer and someone who is meant to help others in this world. And so I went on in grad school to get my master's in social work and, and really follow that path of becoming a therapist, a psychotherapist, and again, very much connected to my dad's guidance. And, and in that too, still very connected to the meditations and, and that spiritual practice my mom, my mom taught me. And so here comes my first big spiritual awakening, if you will. When we talk about spiritual awakening, it's like that shattering of the falseness where we find ourselves on the bathroom floor, those dark night of the soul moments that will be etched in our minds and our hearts forever. And so I remember, you know, being at a Georgia, Florida football game and receiving a call. This was in, um, again, my first year of grad school, I got a call from my dad and he said, my mom had had a stroke and of course, completely devastated and floored. It was very little information at that time. Um, he said he would call me back. And then soon after I got another call saying, you know, it was a bad stroke hemorrhaging in her brain and that she wasn't going to make it. And so in St. Simon's Island with my best friend from college um, on the bedroom floor of actually my my dad's friend's home. I was staying with some family friends. I met the darkest and most painful grief I've experienced in this human form in this lifetime thus far. And that was a catalyst for everything 
to begin to unravel in terms of my questioning, questioning why am I here if life can be taken or end so fleetingly, so quickly, so abruptly, then why are we all here? And so that began the, the first kind of wave of me asking those questions around like, what is our purpose? Like, why are we here? <laughs> you know, we're in these, you know, I call them meat sacks, these skin bags that we have and our souls are here. You know, we've chosen to come here and I, I began questioning and contemplating and in that existential place when my mom passed. And at that time also, I was in a relationship with my college sweetheart and, you know, things seemed perfect, right? I, in, in college, I played soccer, he played basketball. So it was like this athletic couple, we traveled. Um, and so during that time, I felt very, very disconnected from the outside world, from relationships. Um, I, there was a lot of numbing, like that was probably a time in my life where I, you know, I was drinking the most heavily numbing out all of that grief and pain and really retreating. So it was the shift from external to internal. And as I continued on, um, I began to see that there was so much more to me than my grief and my pain. And like, I began to alchemize and transform that grief and pain into purpose. And I began to connect actually with my mother in spirit form. So there was this shift from like solely focusing on the physical realm, like this three-dimensional life that we have, this body that we have into connection with the unseen realms of spirit, of energy, of divine creation, of, of true reality that our, that our eyes, our optical perception cannot detect. And, and that was one of the gifts of the grief and loss experience I had with my, with my mom. And she became my spiritual teacher in spirit form, in soul form, outside of her human form. And I'm endlessly grateful for her gifts and her guidance even to this day. And so, you know, as I continued on my path as a psychotherapist, as a healer, as a meditation teacher, I was very, very focused on my career, my work in the world. I began guiding uh, retreats around the world with a dear friend, Lyndon Schaefer, who owned Pravasa Wellness Travel at the time. And so I was taking my students and clients to places like Vietnam and Bali and Thailand and Sri Lanka and India. And it was just feeding my soul. Um, however, there was this part inside me that was completely misaligned. And I remember in my condo in Atlanta, where my husband at the time and I lived, I woke up one morning and I could barely get out of bed. My energy systems were completely depleted. And I then went to a Chinese medicine doctor, Chinese energy worker, and she said, your heart energy is alarmingly low, alarmingly low. And I could no longer deny the life, the reality I was choosing. In one hand, I was living the career, the purpose, the work of my dreams. On the other hand, 
I was in a completely emotionally and spiritually bankrupt marriage. And I had to see that self-betrayal so clearly. It, I couldn't deny it. It was all reflected in my depleted energy system. So um, I began the kind of internal unwinding and, and the seeing of truth, we call it wise seeing in Buddhist psychology, where you see yourself clearly, maybe for the first time. And so I began disconnecting my energy from him. And, and as time continued to go on, I knew within myself that I had to leave this marriage that looked perfect on the outside, but was absolutely void of intimacy and um, depth on the inside. And so I began you know, to make that choice within myself. And during that same time, I then, um, you know, we, I was going to Peru and I was with um, a group of women that I was teaching a private women's meditation retreat. One of my students was doing a Tai Chi exercise and I was like, so enraptured by this, by this practice. And I said, where did you learn this? And she said, my shaman in Atlanta, and I said, shaman in Atlanta. Wow. I, I needed to meet this person. I just felt like this ping, this intuitive hit that I needed to meet this person. And I got um, his number from my student and went to him. And immediately as I was walking up the driveway of his home and he opened the door, there was this soul recognition, like, wow, like this reunion I didn't know what it meant, but I knew that my soul was, was reuniting with someone very dear. And so that moment of meeting continued the disintegration and unraveling of the life that I knew it, because I, again, I could no longer deny my truth of, wow, you know, meeting the soul that is pure connection, love, and simultaneously allowing my marriage to dissolve and deconstruct and embracing this love, my twin flame partner reunited in this life. And so in that pretty tumultuous and fiery deconstruction of my marriage and then embracing the love of my twin soul mate was quite the lesson was quite the lesson. Um, I remember, you know, at this time also I was really journeying back to Peru to do a lot of inner work and went with the group to Peru that um, my current husband, Jeff, my beloved was guiding and I remember walking or trekking rather up the sacred mountain of Asangate. It was snowing five days of snow on this trek, which was unheard of. The purification was incredible. And I was freezing my ass off and walking up Asangate one step at a time. And I remember the mantra that was flowing through me was, 
I am fearless. I am fearless. And everything that I knew at home was crumbling. My family, my dear family, who I know, just they love me and they were worried. Um, they thought I <laughs> had been brainwashed by an, a dark sh shaman or shamanic energy. These were some of the, you know, the mistruths that were strewn about in order to continue to demonize a woman who was claiming her truth. And I really think it's interesting that in that moment, I could see, and this was a reflection of really society and collective consciousness, that was more believable that a woman was being brainwashed than it was to believe that she was done with her marriage. And that was a wake-up call, a wake-up call that um, we have work to do. We have work to do here on this planet. So I let everything fall apart. Literally, my ego was cracking and crumbling inside. Um, most of all my friends received these messages that, you know, I was again being being brainwashed and controlled and I wasn't okay. I was in danger. Yeah, big big energy there was or a big message there was that I was in danger. Um so that whole aspect of me, my perfectionistic tendencies that were so attached to what other people think were challenged. In that moment, literally all of my friends and family back home, I'm like trekking a sacred mountain in Peru. I had just purged and released so much fear from my system in an ayahuasca ceremony and grandmother ayahuasca, she guided and held me in this space of pure healing. And so this was the initiation, the plant medicine initiation that guided me deeper into medicine work, which I'll share more about later in the show. Um, but the point here is the willingness to allow your life to deconstruct. Can you be willing to allow the false parts of your life fall away in service of your greatest truth, your greatest authenticity, your limitless power. I knew, so my soul knew rather, that I needed a very fiery experience to burn the false away. I don't recommend this for all of us, but for me, it's what my, my soul needed and my human ego needed because there was an acceleration that had to happen in order for me to step into the work that I'm sharing with the world today. So life's falling apart. And on the top of this sacred mountain in Peru. And I remember a mantra that, that came through me early on when I internally decided to get a divorce. I was underneath the full moon and what came through was this message that I will embrace my truth no matter what it takes, no matter what it breaks. 
And that's a mantra that I offer to all of you listening in. I will embrace my truth no matter what it takes, no matter what it breaks, because one of the only truths of this life is impermanence. Impermanence. And I'm, I'm honored to share this, this story with you. Peru is one of my homes. It is where I was initiated into um, the Caro lineage, their descendants, the Incas. And this is, this is part, of, part of the wisdom teachings that flow through me now. And it began in this really fiery disintegration phase, the deconstruction. We call it the Uku Pacha, the inner realm that we traverse in order to see the false, transmute the false, integrate the false to embody the true. And when I say false, I also mean fear, the energy of fear. Most fear energy is false and perpetuated by the ego. And we are absolutely going to talk more about this. So we'll be back after the short break. And when we come back, I'm going to share more about my story of deconstruction to embodied liberation, plus a powerful activating shamanic journey that will connect you with the essence and the wisdom of your higher self. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hosted by modern medicine woman and transpersonal psychotherapist, Lena Franklin. Medicine Wisdom is a radio talk show that will guide you on expansive journeys of transformation, inspiration, and powerful embodiment of your soul's purpose. We all have a medicine, a unique gift that's meant to flow through us and into the world. Wisdom comes when we transform the false aspects of our inner and outer lives in service of embodying the truth and light of our most expansive desires. Your Heart Ignited Desires are the access points into discovering who you are and why you're here on Earth. Medicine Wisdom, Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Have a question for Lena or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. To Medicine Wisdom, I'm Lena Franklin, transpersonal psychotherapist, 
modern medicine woman and founder of the East Institute. And we're coming back into my story of deconstruction to embodied liberation. And so I was stepping you into the moment at the top of the sacred mountain, Ostangate in Peru, where I offered you the mantra, the intention to embody your truth, to live your truth, no matter what it takes, no matter what it breaks. And so that's what my life has been about. That's what this chapter especially has been about. So Peru is a very intense spiritual land for many. And as I shared, I was initiated into the Caro lineage and received my healer rights and other rights of the Munai key, which are essentially transmissions that were given to me from the elders of the Caro. And the Caro are now dear brothers and sisters that I deeply love and connect with on this path as I've truly embodied my work in the world as a medicine woman and as a founder of the East Institute. So interesting, you know, being in this human life is such an interesting thing. And, you know, I share the story of deconstruction as a reflection of what's possible. There were so many, you know, kneeling on the bathroom floor moments of, holy shit, I don't know if I can make it through. I walked away from so much in the divorce I chose to move through, walked away from friendships and a community that I loved. I walked away from you know, financial resources and from also the attachment to what people think. And it was this kind of monumental moment of my life of liberation because it was easy until it wasn't. And one of the big teachings is when we say yes to our soul's purpose, why we're here, the gifts we're meant to share, it eventually gets to a breaking point when there's a part of your life that's misaligned, but then there's this really potent part of your life where you're stepping into the world and sharing your dharma, your purpose, your unique gifts. It comes to a head, almost like this tension point, this breaking point that is combustion and that entropy, that chaos is so purposeful for us. And what it has birthed for me as I continued the unraveling, and there's so many challenging moments and stories within that divorce process, within the deconstruction process and the rebuilding, including you know, a few years of estrangement from my family who I love very dearly and going inward and choosing to be with my love, the love of my soul, the love of my life, Jeff. It was this choosing of love over fear. And was interesting as I look back, I see all the purposefulness of, as I chose love, it triggered the fear in others. But I don't understand, you know, she had this beautiful life and this, you know, seemingly 
great marriage. And again, what looks beautiful on the outside to others is simply a perception. That's why I say so often to my clients and students to journey inward is our highest calling. And we condition others. We condition others because I was in that old paradigm of perfectionism and attachment to what people think and projecting my worthiness onto the external, the way things looked, the approval, that hyper attachment to approval, because I projected that outward. That's what my family and many of my friends expected from me. So we co-create. This is why taking that responsibility for the reality that you create is so essential because if we don't see that we're creators of our experience and creators of our reality, then we're disempowering ourselves in so many ways. We're disempowering ourselves and really putting aside our true nature as creation energy, which is one of the nine forms of energy, nine forms of chi. So as I was kind of throwing wrenches in everyone's mix and triggering people left and right, there was this deep part of me within my soul that knew that this was the aligned path. And the love, just the all-encompassing, radiant love that I would share with Jeff in the moments of sitting by the fireplace or taking a walk or having a quiet meal together, just the two of us, and eventually our, our dogs, our two dogs, Bodhi and Koa. Those are moments of truth. So it's unlearning the false, unlearning the fear, unlearning all of the stories that are perpetuated by those self-limiting beliefs in order to be in a place of embodied liberation. Because your thoughts create your reality. And it's amazing how pervasive our fear-based stories could be. And my fear came up left and right, you know, all over the place. I love how, um, especially in twin flame relationships, the other person is, is meant to trigger the fear that you still carry. So there were fears that came up within me, such as, you know, he's over 20 years older than I am in you know, linear earth years. Um, that's a whole separate conversation of that illusion, but in linear earth years, and so that, that difference, like that fear of like, what would people think when we go out in public? What would people think? Um, his unwavering dedication to the vision of the work in this world and, and the building and expansion of East pushed all of my scarcity, fear-based scarcity beliefs and energies to the surface, or especially around money, because a lot of the, the fear that landed within me, especially from my mother's ancestry and my dad's too, because, you know, this is all, all a collective where these fear-based beliefs around survival, around money. And, and so, I mean, I could go on and on about all the fears that came to the surface. Um, but it's been this wild ride and this accelerated path towards embodied liberation. And 
I began to see. So if you're sitting there in a moment of maybe seeing a false part of your life, whether it's a marriage, a relationship, a career, a, a city that you're living in, a reality you've created for yourself, just know that even if your cognitive mind doesn't believe it, you have everything you need within you to move through that deconstruction with grace and with courage. And this is where enter my relationship with plant medicine. Because yes, we can work in therapy for decades and we can meditate for decades and we can continue to reprogram our neural pathways. That takes a long time and it's dedicated work. And this is where I was really called and initially working with grandmother ayahuasca in Peru and then eventually moving into personal inner work with psilocybin and the natural form. I'm very dedicated to supporting the safe use of natural medicines that come straight from our beloved Pachamama Mother Earth. And that's a big part of my work in the world now. And a big part of that is because I went down this path of seeing the aspects of my mind and the folly of my ego and seeing where I was still stuck in fear and working especially with, and initially ayahuasca and then psilocybin helped me to truly purge the fear-based energies that I carried, especially in my heart, my solar plexus, which is really where the ego lives. It's in the mid to upper abdomen. So these fear-based energies here connected to identity and self, and then also the fear-based energies in the root chakra and the solar, or sorry, the sacral. So root is first energy center base of the spine. And then the sacral is the lower belly. So that's, that's an area also very much connected with emotions and your relationship to anything outside of you, to money, to material items, to people. Um, so there's a lot happening in the first, second, and third. So root, sacral, and solar plexus. And um, so as I continue to work more deeply with psilocybin and to move into that subconscious purging of the fears that I carried that no longer served my highest self. I was releasing so much energy from my body. I was reprogramming those neural pathways and the neurogenesis and neuroplasticity available when we work with a medicine like psilocybin. And again, I'm a big advocate of the natural form when we work with it, in addition to work around the medicine. So transpersonal psychology, mindfulness meditation, energy medicine, shamanic healing, neuroscience, vibrational sound healing, we transform. And that's what has happened to me. Of course, I'm still human. There's still work to do. But I can truly honestly say I feel little to no fear ever anymore that I embody a deep and authentic belief that we are all limitless creators here to share our unique gifts with the world. 
can also honestly say that I really don't care what people think anymore. And maybe there's one exception, you know, my love for Jeff. There are times where I care what he thinks. So yes, that is true. But for the most part, that has left, that is gone. There's no emotional activation about caring what people think. And I know that's a big part of the inner work I've done, but also my relationship with the sacred medicine. And it, in the way that we work with it, especially at the East Institute, which is the Institute that Jeff and I founded together, and now we're growing and expanding in beautiful, in beautiful ways, that the work we do around plant medicine work is just as important. So we give equal weight to excavating our default mode ways of thinking, those thoughts that you think when you're idle, when you're not in task mode, when you're not in conversation. What are those thoughts that are automatic, that are so programmed in your mind? Really seeing all of the parts of our fear-based reactions and behaviors. And then of course, what belief systems are the root of those. So all of the psychological parts and that we're in relationship with the medicine when we work with it in this way, it's not some, you know, magic substance or plant or pill because we're so attached and addicted to immediacy here, especially in the West. This is a way to empower yourself, to heal yourself from the inside out with the assistance of spirit consciousness through plant medicine. It's a relationship. So you're in relationship with the medicine and I'm endlessly grateful to the medicines I've, I've worked with. It helps me really, again, going back to my personal journey of deconstruction, releasing those, those dense energies of, of fear and sadness and survival that I carried for so long, for so long. And so that has guided us into the creation of East, the East Institute. And I'm going to share a little practice that's connected to the work through East here in a few minutes, but East stand has two meanings. The first is entheogenic assisted spiritual transformation. Entheogenic is the term for psychoactive plants. It also means the God within. And the second meaning is Eastern approaches for spiritual transformation. And again, really paying homage to our roots in the East. You know, Jeff lived and studied in a monastery for years and spent a lot of time in the East with his teachers. My Mahayana Buddhist lineage comes from Vietnam and spent a lot of time in the East learning, teaching, studying, and then of course, South America. We bring all of this together as a systematic way to heal from the inside out, to heal from the deepest place within you. And so with that, I want to offer practice. I'll be sharing more and more about East 
as the show rolls on, but I want to share a practice with you. This is a shamanic journey for you to connect with your highest self, this image of this divine, powerful aspect of you that lives within you. You may or may not have a vision of them. So just get comfortable wherever you are. If you're driving, do this with your eyes open. We're going to do a little breath work. So it's going to be inhale, inhale through the nostrils and then exhale through the mouth. And I'll use my drum to bring us into the rhythm. So it's going to sound like this. Right, join me now. And as you inhale and exhale, allowing yourself to settle in, feeling your body relax and tuning into the back of your heart. And as you feel that space in the back of the heart, begin to see a spark of light. And with each inhale and exhale, that spark begins to expand, becoming more bright, more vibrant, eventually expanding to the diameter of a saucer beautiful white golden light and now expanding into the size of a dinner plate this white light golden portal and on the next inhale step your awareness through that portal of light in the back of the heart and find yourself in a very expansive, spacious realm of white light all around you. And as you begin to look around, you begin to see a staircase. Begin to make your way up the staircase, noticing the color, the texture of the stairs, one step at a time, coming up, up, up. And allow yourself to reach the top of the staircase. And then when you reach the top of the staircase, you see a throne, a gilded, radiant, golden throne right there in front of you. And on this golden throne, you see the presence of your higher self, this divine, powerful, royal, even aspect of you. Noticing the sights, perhaps what your higher self is wearing, their facial expression. And allow yourself to walk towards the throne. 
and begin to see your higher self close up, asking them anything you need to know, any guidance. You may even request support. And then allowing yourself to receive the wisdom of your higher self, receiving that into the heart space, whatever they have for you. Maybe it's a word, a phrase, an object. Bow and thank your higher self for what they've provided, for the guidance, for the wisdom. Begin to turn around and make your way back down the stairs into the realm of white light. Pausing there. And then moving through the back of the heart and back into your body, feeling your body wherever you are. Knowing you can always return to this space when needed. You are your own healer, your own teacher, your own master. And the path to self-mastery is the journey inward. I'm so grateful to share this practice with you. So that's the practice of connecting with your higher self. And there's going to be so much more, so much more transmission, embodied practice. I wish you such joy and expansiveness on your own heroic human journey of liberation, of transformation, embracing the deconstruction. And I'm so excited to share medicine wisdom with you. So next week, we have Danielle Page, intuitive astrologer, who's going to be on with me. And she's going to be sharing all about the energy forecast for 2023. It's going to be such a fun episode. She's a beautiful, wise being and such a gift to have her next week. So please tune in and please connect with me on social. All of my handles are at I am Lena Franklin. It's L-E-N-A. I am Lena Franklin. Please DM me, connect with me, visit theeastinstitute.com or lenafranklin.com for more information about my work. Please reach out with any questions you have. Would love to connect with you. And until next week, until then, remember the world needs the gifts only you have. What is your medicine? Blessings. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode was educational and helpful. Until we talk again next week, have a fabulous week.